Hi parents, it's Robin McMahon here. Thank you for listening to Parenting Our Future, which is in the top 0.5% of all podcasts worldwide. Before we dive into this episode, I wanna invite you to join my membership site, The Parent Toolbox. You can join this membership for free. It's at www.parent-toolbox.com. And this is the companion site to my show, Parenting Our Future. In The Parent Toolbox, you will find game-changing tools and resources from both myself and my guest experts who are among some of the top minds in the parenting space. There are over a hundred resources to help you navigate screen time, co-parenting, meltdown, teenagers, and so much more. Join today at www.parent-toolbox.com. Now back to the show. Hey everybody, it's Robin McMahon here. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Our Future. This is like one of those full circle moments for me. And so I just, first I'm gonna do, just, I'm just gonna settle down. I'm going to first introduce you to to my guest and tell you why I just love this woman so much. Okay. So I have Kiva Schuler here. If you don't know her, you're going to know her because she's just incredible. She is the founder and CEO of the Jai Institute for Parenting. This is an organization that has trained over 1000 parent coaches globally, including me. This is where I got my training. This is how I learned how to do what I do. She is also the author of a groundbreaking book called The Peaceful Parenting Revolution, Changing the World by Changing How We Parent, which examines the consequences of traditional parenting methods and offers a more modern approach grounded in emotional intelligence, values-led leadership, and effective communication. And if you're here listening to this podcast, you know that is what I am all about Furthermore, Kiva's passion for parenting stemmed from her own childhood experiences of neglect and trauma. Like many of her generation, which I am a part of, she had a front row seat to the kind of parenting that she didn't want for her own children. And the Jai Institute is a fulfillment of a promise that she made to herself when she was 16 years old, that when she had children of her own, she would learn to parent them with compassion, consistency, and communication. I love it. Kiva, welcome. Thank you, Robin. I'm so excited to be here with you. (laughs) So great to have you here. And it's just so exciting. I mean, I, you know, having you here after the training that I've had and uh, how it's changed my life. And for those of you who don't, you know, who don't know, if you're here, you know, you know, I came to be, be a parent 17 years ago and counting. And my son is a really difficult, strong-willed child. He's got some diagnoses as well that make it extra hard. And I really lost myself. I thought I would be like mother earth and that I want all the children to come to me. I will nurture them, love them. I will be calm and patience embodied. I was angry all the time. I was yelling all the time. I hated myself. I hated being a mom. And I use that word intentionally. I hated myself and my life. And I thought I had ruined my life. But I also knew that I loved this beautiful boy that I had more than anything in life. And I knew that there must be a better way. And to make a really long story short, when I found out what a parent coach was, I hired one, got the help I need, and it changed my life forever. So much so that I had to do this work. So 
Can we just start by talking about why parenting is so hard? Why is it so hard? Kiva, tell me why it's so hard. I always answer this question with a joke is like, um, hello, duh, children. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Children are difficult. They have big emotions. They have undeveloped brains. They don't yet know how the world works. Grownups don't have impulse control. So children like magnify that times 10. And then you multiply that by all of the projections, the fears, the past experiences that we've had that we're either trying to protect our children from or push them into to perhaps achieve something that we didn't achieve. And the whole thing is just a recipe for conflict, misunderstandings, disconnection, control, fear, like all of the things that when we were kids felt really awful to us, get perpetuated, not because we're not good people, not because we can't be good parents, but because this whole parenting conversation is mired in so much complexity. Mm -hmm. Good answer. There, there isn't just a one size fits all, but what I've learned and what I know to be true is that there are universal truths that when you really do parent with compassion, I would add curiosity in there, consistency and communication. It is a game changer. And one of the things that I always say that I love to say, right, that parenting happens on, and I use my hands to talk. So I say two hands, but two Thank sides. You, but really bad manicure today. So I'm trying to hide them. <laughs> okay. Well then you could just talk without, without using your hands like I do. But if you're watching us on YouTube, then, you know, you can see me here. Um, and so the two hands is on one side is your child. And their behavior is just communicating with you something that they need, a fundamental human need for like unconditional love and connection and affection and, and empathy. And there's more. And to understand they don't have a fully grown brain, to understand that they can't understand, deal with, or articulate their emotions, that they don't have impulse control, like you said, they, they can't forecast consequences. So they're, they're going through all of this stuff over here. And then we're on the other side and it's all about how we react to that, but we're reacting from our own place of pain and hurt and, uh, and our own biases and filters and all of that. And so our kids go to communicate here and then we go to communicate back and we just miss the mark so often. And it's painful for both us and our kids. The thing is for, I think every generation up until now, right? Like parent coaching is a relatively new field. I became mm -hmm. a life coach in 2009. Nobody knew what a life coach was. <laughs> and I think we're on that same precipice of kind of mass adoption yeah. for parent coaches. So before this time, parenting was really driven by the wrong question. And the question was, how do I get this child to change their behavior. Right. How do I, you know, like every generation has said, kids these days, they're so blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we've been asking the wrong question because the question that I believe we are now asking and people like you help your clients ask is how do I become grounded, effective, 
in my leadership, in my communication? How can I resolve any kind of harm or hurt in my past so that I bring the best of myself to that, to this child that I love so much? And then they're actually going to learn all the things that adults have been trying to teach kids for generations by modeling because they have mirror neurons in their brain because they feel supported and appreciated and accepted that they're guided when they make mistakes instead of shamed and punished and hurt. It changes everything. It changes the world. That's why that's the subtitle of my book, The Peaceful Parenting Revolution, how to change the world by changing how we parent. And it's all about parents doing the work and trusting that these amazing, brilliant children are going to come along for the ride. Well, and just so you know, the first line of my podcast description is if you want to change the world, change the way you parent. It's exactly how we change everything. And so um, it's, it's, it, that is the biggest lesson that I've learned is that in the beginning, I wanted to change my son. It turned out what I needed to do is change me. And then he changed and then things were different. And it, it changed because instead of being angry, I was curious. I'm like, hey, how come? You know, and that became sort of my state. Like, why? How come? Like, what's going on? What are we doing this for? What can I do for you? What do you really need? Right? It was just like, you know, I kind of like was just, it was like, I just was in a state of like, I don't get it. How come? Like, let's talk about it. Like, and now that I have a 17 year old, there is nothing that we can't work out when I say, okay, like, let's talk about this. And how do we figure this out together? Like, how do we create a win-win? I know it's my kids are similar age. I have a 16 and 18 year old. Yeah. And I am just in, well, first of all, I'm in awe of them. They are incredible human beings with fully formed personalities and points of view and things to say. And I think that, you know, the teen years have been cast in this light, you know, Mm -hmm. teenagers are fill in the blanks. Oh yeah. When, you know, when we create this new framework, this new family culture where they are accepted and they are allowed to have freedom and they're allowed to make decisions and learn to deal with the consequences. It's amazing. Like Mm. I'm, I'm heartbroken that they will be leaving soon and also so incredibly excited for them and the life that they're about to go discover for themselves. It's, a complete polar opposite of what culture tells us that are that these precious last years with our kids are supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. And the thought of, oh, I just can't wait till they're gone. You know, like this parenting contract that we sign with these beautiful children when we, you know, from conception on, this is a life long journey. This is not about the first 18 years. You want to, most people I know want to have a relationship with their kids that lasts a lifetime. It's not just about when they're under your roof. It's forever. And I know too many people who do not have relationships with their parents, people my age who don't have relationships with their parents, even people my age who have kids who they don't have relationships with. Well, or the relationship is born out of obligation, you know, And when we go, our entire nervous system goes into fight or flight and we just want to run or scream or hide. And that is not 
I think what any of us want for the future adult to adult relationship with our kids, like that resentment. I saw this quote the other day. It said every child or every parent is waiting for their child to say, thank you. And every child is waiting for their parent to say, I'm sorry. Yep. Wow. Isn't that a doozy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So what do you say to people that dismiss peaceful parenting? Like, let's define what it is and what are the objections that you okay. come up with? And let's sort of like myth let's bust start a with bit. The, let's start with the definition. And I find that the easiest way to define peaceful parenting is to start with what it isn't. So <laughs> peaceful parenting is not permissive parenting, which is Thank a you. big reason that people dismiss it because they assume that we're just like, you know, throwing our hands up and saying, do whatever you want and you can have whatever you want. And here's my credit card. No, peaceful parenting absolutely teaches values, teaches morals. There are consequences. There are different kinds and we can talk about that. Um, But we are not divesting of our responsibility to parent children well. So that's number one. It's not permissive. Number two, it is not punitive. So we're not using traditional parenting tools like timeouts, yelling, punishing, uh, you can't go to your friend's house, you can't do the thing if you don't do that. And even positive external tools of manipulation, like sticker charts and reward charts that doesn't actually develop intrinsic motivation in children. And so it's not punitive. We're not punishing. Um, We can talk about what we do instead. And then finally, it's not perfect. I think people think that, you know, all, you know, it's easy to assume like Instagram is full of like gentle parenting influencers and it all sounds so good. But one of my favorite parts of being a peaceful parent is that I get to make mistakes too. I get to have a bad day too, but because we have tools of repair, we can actually model for our children what it looks like to be a human being who messes up sometimes, but knows how to clean up the mess. And that's, to me, the measure of a good person, not some idea of perfection that any of us will live up to. So what is peaceful parenting? It's everything that you've said, Robin. It's parenting with empathy, curiosity, and using communication as the replacement for punishments and consequences. I, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. That is so true. And and what I love and the way I also describe it is it's a practice. It's really what you just said. You know, we're going to get it right and we're going to get it wrong. And it's all about not having shame, but recognizing it, just noticing it and then moving on from it. We don't need to spiral down into the shame spiral anymore. We just say, hey, you know what? I make mistakes too. And by the way, it's okay if you make mistakes and imagine what life would be like if you were a teenager and you did make a mistake. And I just want to say teenagers just for this moment. And you could go to your parents and say, mom, dad, I really screwed up and I'm scared. And your parents didn't yell at you. They didn't put you down. They didn't humiliate you. They didn't tell you all the ways that you were wrong and take a bunch of the things that you love away, your freedoms, your things, your whatever, and just said, you know what? We know what it's like to make mistakes and we're going to be here to help you out because we are team you always. Can you imagine 
you're making the hair literally every follicle of hair on my <laughs> head is standing up. It makes me want to cry because, yeah. okay, I'm not going to cry. Hold on. I could cry. Just having the experience of having been a teenager and imagining what a difference that kind of acceptance would have made and knowing that we can learn the tools to give our children that. Mm. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. That's how we change the world. Because like you said, we're modeling for them and our kids don't do what we say. They do what we do. (laughs) And so we have to learn this for ourselves too. So, you know, we don't come to parenting as fully evolved humans. You know, oftentimes we're very young. We're very inexperienced. We don't have a lot of life experience. And so it's almost, it's, it's difficult. That's one of the reasons why parenting is so hard. I mean, really, if you look out into the world at adults, most of us, most of the time are like either eight-year-olds, 13-year-olds, or 16-year-olds in adult suits. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, you know, and and that's why I love the work that we do at the Giant Institute for Parenting, because at the end of the day, yes, we train parent coaches, amazing parent Mm -hmm. coaches like you. But what we're really doing is giving people the tools to become fully fledged human adults. And and so what do you mean by that? What is a fully fledged human adult? (laughs) A fully fledged human adult is someone with an incredible amount of humility Mm. who knows that they aren't right most of the time. Mm who has the ability to be with all of their emotions, to feel them, to understand their nuances and to communicate them and express them without harming themselves or others. Mm. And who does not make their internal experience anyone's responsibility, especially their children's. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I got to... I love it so much. And, and what I want to, I, I want to say two things. I'll start with the end that parenting and your child's behavior is never personal. It's never about you and we take it personally. Right. And it's also never an emergency. I also like to say that too, because we can take a minute. Of course, if someone's hurt, yes, it's an emergency. Yeah. It's like immediate actual danger. Yes. But if you think about it, that's maybe like 1% of the time that we act like crazy lunatics and fully like I act like a crazy lunatic sometimes still. So as do I, and I, and I'm willing to admit it, you know, as a parent coach with people hiring me to, to help them do their parenting, I have said things like shut up and get away from me. I have said, said it and I went back and I did do the repair and you know it in in a way sometimes those are the opportunities to get closer when we mess up right but the thing is is that when we continue to mess up all the time and I say mess up with quotes like I don't air quotes you know I don't Mm -hmm. I don't mean it I'm using it just as, as an easy way to say it that 
problem with that though, is that if we don't learn to do better and, and adjust that a bit, then it becomes about our behavior, not about our kids' behavior. And really it, it, it robs us of the opportunity to teach our kids, to guide them and to really explain to them what they could have done differently and what they can do next time. Right. Yeah. So, so we, that's why we want to do the work as well. It feels good too. And it's more fun, by the way. I know this sounds so serious, but it actually is way more fun. Mm-hmm. And it allows us, we, if, if we're just punishing, 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 you know, that they, it just breeds resentment for our kids towards us. And we actually are further away from what's really causing the behavior in the first place. We've just added another layer on top of it. Well, and we're put, we're building a wall, right? Yeah. Where, you know, I don't know about you, but if someone was yelling at me all the time and punishing me all the time and not even hearing what I was saying, I would not want to be around them. I would want to hide in my room. I would want to keep my earbuds in. Every interview I do, they ask me, how can we get off screens? You know, how can we get our kids? How can we get our kids off their screens? How can we get them off TikTok? How can we get them off, you know, Minecraft or whatever the thing is? Here's the thing we have to acknowledge our screens provide an escape for our children. So if all they're getting from the adults in their lives is grief, pressure, shame, do we wonder that they're turning to this fantasy world for escapism? I do it too. When I'm stressed out, the first thing I do is reach for my phone. And so if we want to make a better future for our children, there is a crisis of disconnection in teens. The suicide numbers, the mental health issues are staggering and terrifying. We want to make a better world, a safer world for our kids. We have to become a more joyful outlet for them than this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's a challenge. That's going to take some work, but it is wholly possible. Mm -hmm. It is a challenge. And, and I think that what comes with it is a misunderstanding of those teen years of what's actually going on with them. And so this whole, this whole education around what exactly is going on with your child, understanding what brain growth is and and how the brain grows and develops is such my jam. I love talking about the brain because it just gives us the information that we need yeah. to help us say, oh, that's why. And not creating the label, right? Like my teen yes. is defiant. My teen is rebelling. Oh, my teen's brain is completely rewiring itself, reforming every neurosynapse. Maybe I could cut them some slack for forgetting to take out the trash again. Right. Exactly. And there are things that come with the teen years that we resent them for that they have no control over. It is just a part of their development. Right. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Every behavior is communication. So when your kids are addicted to screens or on gaming systems or whatever, you know, what are they saying to you? You know, is it numbing is, you know, all that stuff. And, and my kids are on devices too. I'll just say that. Uh, you know, the other thing that you said is, is the emotional intelligence piece, the, that, that as adults to become that fully formed human adults is also about you taking ownership for your emotions and not using your emotions to hurt other people. Yeah. Because the way I feel is the way I feel. You didn't make me feel that way. I have taken what you've done or said 
and I've interpreted it in my way, based on my past experiences, my filters, my judgments, whatever it is, all those things combined. And I have made it mean this. And I love what Brene Brown says. The story I'm telling myself is this. And I love that. And I preface that for my own self. The story I'm telling myself is you don't love me enough or you do this for me or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, emotions are such powerful tools. I think, you know, especially here in Western culture, we've really been taught to operate from our brains, from our intellect, and it cuts us off from all this wisdom that lives in our body. Well, where do we feel our emotions? We actually feel them in our body. What's happening for most people until they do the work of working with someone like you and learning their emotions is the, because of how our uh, neuropsychology system works, the impulse from something happening, the environment going into our body, creating a reaction that happens in a microsecond. And then the brain starts to spin up a narrative to support what happened in the nervous system, including the creation of emotions. We don't stop to listen to our bodies and what the emotions are telling us. And so when we do that, we can be like, okay, you know, kind of had this sadness in my body all day. Hmm, let me just feel that rather than bowling over that feeling all day. And then the kids come home and we, put our feeling onto them because we didn't even know what was happening with us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really, I mean, that's one of my favorite tools that our coaches use with their clients is really helping to develop that emotional uh, vocabulary Mm -hmm. so that we know what is ours. And when we're angry about something, I mean, listen, anger is one of the best. It's one of my favorite emotions. Mm -hmm. I got super angry when I was 16 years old, watching my baby brother get Tabasco and soap in his mouth. That anger fueled me to launch this company, which has now impacted, I don't even know how many families. So anger is not bad. It's how we divest of it, how we channel it, how we use it to inspire us to do amazing things that makes anger beautiful. Mm. And and what you said, you know, about sadness, for example, like feel the sadness. What we have lost touch with is it's okay to be sad. We Mm -hmm. judge ourselves for being sad. I got a numbness. I, I got to work through it. Not, and I, and by that, I mean, over like work, work, not, yeah. not do the work yeah. or I've, you know, Drink a glass of wine. <laughs> exactly. And this, I know, and, and it, it, it's troublesome for me that there's this mom and wine culture, you know, it, it is. And, and, you know, I've seen glasses like wine glasses that just say, because kids like, oof, like, what is that message sending to your kids? You know, but, but anyway, um, you know, so here's the thing. So there's a, what I know to be true is there is a lot of unhappy parents out there that this journey of being a parent is not what they expected at all. And I am like first in line to say, this is not at all what I expected. And, um, you know, we've had a bit of an extreme experience and we have a neurodiverse kid and we have another son who is, is, is going through some challenges too. And instead of that, that's really kind of the norm. And so all, there's a lot of parents fighting this and, and then, um, 
you know, I'll be honest. I'll, it is a frustration of mine that there are so many unhappy parents out there and they're looking for help and support, but they don't want to pay for it. Or they somehow think that they shouldn't mm-hmm. get help. And yeah. so I want to give you that question. Sure. What do you say to the parent that says, yeah, I want help, but I don't think I should have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I should need it and, and do it because my mom didn't do it mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is, whatever the excuse is, I shouldn't need it. And I shouldn't have to pay for it. What do you say? I mean, the first thing that we want to look at is why do we have that belief? And I think that this stems from an underlying belief system in our culture that it, and I'm going to use quotes like you did, Robin, if I was a good person, I would know how to do this. Right. If, if I was worthy, if I was deserving, I would be a great parent. And so really what you're unraveling isn't about the money. It's about shame Mm -hmm. because asking for help means admitting that we are not living up to the perfection standard of, you know, parenting secret cams that are everywhere that might judge us. And so that's the first thing to acknowledge is, wait a second, but this is the most important relationship or one of the most important relationships in my life. Is it worth holding on to my ego Or might I actually, you know, we talked about humility being one of the components of being an actual human adult and embracing the idea that getting support is the best way to be the parent that you want to be. We only, you know, we parent basically based on the way that we were parented cultural kind of beliefs that are impact and what we see happening in our world. If we want to parent differently, we're going to need some help. And then the other side of the coin is just kind of like makes me want to like hit my head (laughs) on the wall is in every other aspect of our life, right? Like if we want to get in shape, we pay for a gym membership and hire a trainer. If we want to become a lawyer, we go to university and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a degree. If we want to learn to ski, we get lessons. Like, why don't we invest in parenting education? It's kind of wackadoodle. Uh, yes, totally. Okay, so it's so funny that you said that because as as you were talking, I'm like, okay, we hire trainers. If our business is failing, we get business coaches. We hire a marketing company because they know better. So hold on a second. This is the most important job we do that we all agree. It's the most important job we do. How, how much schooling did you, did you have to have that kid? How, how, how long did you study brain science, developmental stages, uh, behavior development? Yeah. How, how, how long did you guys study for that? Zero. Right. I should know how to do this. Oh, you should know how to do this. Is that right? You should, in in what way? Uh, You should because, and I know I'm sounding very sort of aggressive and sarcastic. I feel that you have very strong feelings on this topic, Robin, and I'm I'm here for it. (laughs) I don't think to be rude about it. But I also think like, you know, if it's the most important job that we do Mm -hmm. and we didn't have the best experience in our own childhood, then why not? Why not learn a new way? I'll tell you what, you're already uncomfortable this is a, this is uncomfortable. 
this can make you really uncomfortable, but it's a, the discomfort that will get you to a new place where joy lives, where love lives, where acceptance lives and where your family thrives. It is so worth it to, to put it in. And again, you know, we are told as women specifically all of our lives that one day we're going to be moms. Nobody teaches us how nobody teaches us how we're just going to do what was done to us unless we decide to be intentional about what we do instead. Or we're going to resign to the common belief that this is how it's supposed to be. You know, like it's supposed to be hard. It's my kids. I'm supposed to not like my kids. Mm. I'm supposed to have a terrible relationship when they're teenagers. Oh, well, you know, they have said, I don't know for how many, you know, kids don't come with a manual. Well, I call, can I, I won't curse, but I call BS. There is a manual. And certainly for the coaches that are trained by the Jai Institute for Parenting, we give you the manual and it is learning about childhood development so that you don't have expectations of a two-year-old that are beyond a two-year-old's brain capacity, Um, you know, that you understand in a general way, in a neuronormative way, right? Like there's always going to be variables, but, you know, how to set your child up for success in the plane of development that they're in, understanding how to keep your own nervous system regulated so that you're not yelling. There are studies now that show that yelling is as harmful to children's brain development as spanking. And I don't say that to, well, maybe a little bit, I say that to scare you. Children's brains are developing so rapidly. And when they are being flooded with stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol, we are literally limiting their brain growth. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if we're giving them drugs. Children's brains, when bathed in oxytocin, endorphins, the love chemicals of connection, intimacy, and closeness, studies show this, I'm not making this up, have greater life happiness, higher IQ, and greater EQ, which is now considered to be the most important variable in a person's long-term success. So when you say to me, what do I say when people, you know, kind of squibble at peaceful parenting? I'm like, you know, you may have received like the mother of all gaslighting. You know, maybe your parents told you I'm doing this for you, or this hurts me more than it hurts you. And you believed them. But if it was possible to raise children just as well or better without causing them harm, wouldn't it be worth at least trying and learning about what that means. And now I feel like I'm on my soapbox and I'm going to. Yeah, right, right. Calm down, Kiva. And the rea- I know, right? It's, it's okay, really excited. And the reality is, you know, you're going to pay one way or the other, right? Like, you know, if if you can invest in being the best parent you can be, that will pay you dividends in many different ways. And I really just want to, I want to, um, I want to rest on a couple of things here really quickly. One is that everything that you do in the Jai Institute, everything that I've learned is based in science and in research. This is not woo woo stuff. This is not, you know, any kind of weird spiritual or whatever. You can add your spirituality, your values to it, of course, but that's not what this is about. This is not about a bunch of uh, hippies raising kids. This isn't that, like just to be really blunt. I mean, our parent coaching students include pediatricians, 
yeah. we have a Harvard trained psychiatrist in our parent coaching certification right now. Yeah. More and more professionals are coming to Jai because they want the curriculum, right? Like they want the grounded manual that we talked yeah. about because they see, right? Like these are often people that are working with children, educators, yeah. therapists, you know, and they see that the parents are stopping the children from having the best possible outcome because they don't have these tools. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's a sea change and that people are really starting to understand that having a parenting coach should be as much a part of your support team for your children as having a pediatrician. I think that that will become the norm within Maybe the next too. 10 years, which is why I'm like, we got to train more parenting coaches because the demand is great. There are so many people that know that they want to parent differently than the way they were parented, know that they want to parent differently than the way that they were parenting, and they don't know how. And so right. if that's you, go hire Ryan, uh, Robin. But if you want to be a part of the solution, come check out what we're doing at Jai. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's so, that's so well said. And you know what? We, we just don't know what we don't know. And everybody who you meet, who's a parent coach will meet you with kindness, with empathy, without judgment, without shaming you. You know, if you yell at your kids every day, we'll just say, yes, we get it. We know. And we just want to wrap our arms around you and tell you we get it. And there is a better way and you're going to be happier and your kids are going to be happier and it's going to make a ripple effect yeah. that does change the world. Like I am so passionate about it. I love talking to people like you who are so passionate about it. And, you know, imagine if, you know, we have a measurement for how people can fail in their lives with the ACE score, the adverse childhood experiences, the ACE score shows you depending on how many bad things have happened in your life, what your life is going to look like. What if we had the opposite of that, like all of these great things and to say, Hey, this is what is going to matter in your life. And you're absolutely right about emotional intelligence. It doesn't matter how smart you are. If you're a jerk, nobody wants to work with you and a jerk, you know, emotionally unintelligent is what I mean by that. You know, no one's going to work with you, be on their team, be in a relationship with you, married to you, want to parent with you. So it is really the most important thing. So there's so much here. Yeah. There's so much here. And the fact that you are doing this and you are so, so dedicated to this. And look, if, if she hasn't already proved to you that she is dedicated and uh, passionate about this, you should have heard our pre-interview because it was, it was like a big love fest. Like she, Eva, you love children, you love families, you love parents. And I love children so much. I love everything about them. Yeah. Their sparkliness, their curiosity, their playfulness, their innocence. And really what we're talking about here is giving children the opportunity to journey through childhood, through their teen years into adulthood with their self-esteem and their confidence and their voice and their creativity intact. Mm. That we're not going to be the parents who chip away at those things. Mm and raise the next generation of people pleasers or bullies or, you know, people who lack the confidence to go start a business or solve the really big problems that we have in our culture. We need to raise the leaders that are going to do something about this quagmire that we are in on the planet. And the best way that we can do that in many ways 
is to support the brilliant sparkliness that they come born into the world with, protect it with our lives. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so beautiful and so true. So, so true. Well, thank you so much for being here, Kiva. People can find you everywhere. That is Jai Institute for Parenting. It's J-A-I Institute for Parenting. And you're on Facebook as Jai Institute, uh, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok. TikTok, all the Jai Parenting. That's I great. would say, I mean, if I can make a shameless plug, if you're hearing this, maybe for the first time, or you've been trying peaceful parenting and it's not working, Mm. I highly recommend that you start with the book, The Peaceful Parenting Revolution, because I didn't, I didn't want to write this book, but Jack Canfield made me, (laughs) there's a story about that in the book. You can read it. And it really, it, it, it makes the case. Yes. But also lays out the pieces, the foundation so that, you know, when you hire someone like Robin, you know what, I read Kiva's book and I really see that I've got some pain from my parenting past that I need to deal with, or I am too reactive and I really want to work to build this muscle of Mm non-reactivity. And it gives you that vocabulary of peaceful parenting that will allow you to um, make the shifts so much faster. And then just a word of, of just, it's never too late. No. One baby step at a time is plenty and I believe in you and just thank you for listening to an interview like this that shows me that you're curious about providing a different future for your kids. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I, you know what? I, I, I completely echo everything that you're saying. It is, it is just, it is the truth. And I think, you know, the truth when you hear it, you know? Uh, and so yes, definitely get your book and, and where is the peaceful parenting revolution? Where can you find it everywhere? Amazon, it's on Audible as a, a Amazon. You can have the ebook, you know, the Kindle or the print book, and then it's also on Audible uh, if you prefer to listen. It's oh, fantastic. All right, and we have something really special for everybody in the Parent Toolbox. So, as you know, the companion site to this podcast is the Parent Toolbox. So, www.parent-toolbox.com, and you can be a member for free and get all of our hunt, like oh, well over a hundred resources from the distinguished guests that I bring on my show, including the science of staying calm from Kiva and the Jai Institute. So uh, that is incredible. I can't wait to dive into that myself. Uh, I'm always willing to learn more um, so that I can serve my clients more so that I can serve my listeners more. And it's people like you that uh, really inspire me. And um, the, you know, the world is better for having you in it, for having the coaches that you're training in it, and for having the parents that are willing to be in this, to be the best parents that they can be. It is an exciting time to be in. And I want it to be just like you said, Hey, who's your doula? Who's your midwife? Who's your pediatrician? Who's your parent coach, right? That is, yes, that's where (laughs) we want to be. So, and of course, if anybody does want to want to work with me, there's always a link to book a call with me. I would love to talk to you and you will be held in a space, like I said, of no judgment, no criticism, just a place where I can understand where you're coming from so that we can, we can alter that for you. So you can feel good and also feel more confident in your parenting and get better cooperation your kids and have that 
that really beautiful relationship. You deserve that. And so do your kids. So with that, I'll say thank you again, Kiva. Thanks for being here, everybody. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.